Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to start a brand new week of teaching. I took yesterday off to enjoy this federal holiday, Columbus Day. But I'm back with you once again to impart unto you God's precepts. And I come to you to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. Father, make me a blessing. Cause me to say some words, Lord, that will help my brothers and sisters to have more peace, to have more joy. Hey, even to have more money, Father. Hey, even to walk in divine healing in their bodies. Let your words of eternal life flow through me. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We're going to talk about the present day ministry of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus is not dead. Uh, did you know when you die one day, did you know you're going to exist outside of this natural body? You know, uh, grandma, granddad, or any of your loved ones that passed away, maybe you lost a son or daughter, maybe you had a miscarriage or whatever. Do you know that those people will be waiting on you in the other realm in heaven? Of course, if they got born again. But they are alive. And Jesus is still alive. And he has a ministry that he is doing now. Now, in the Old Testament, you know, the ministry was of bulls and goats. You know, um, really it's all about blood. If you go back to Genesis, when Cain and Abel brought a uh, offering to the Lord, Cain brought something of the ground. But Abel brought an animal because he knew by revelation. That's why you have to have spiritual revelation. He knew by revelation what God wanted. He knew that God wanted a sacrifice. And the sacrifice is to pay for your sins because God is so holy that you can't come near to him without being holy. And no man was able to fulfill a life of holiness but the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only man able to do that. And so the way to God is for a man to have a pure life of holiness, which no man was able to do. So what God did, because he still wanted fellowship with man, he allowed man to, to transfer their sins to animals. And then when the priest, the priest's job is to kill the sacrifice, the same way they had to kill Jesus in the, in the New Testament because he was the sacrifice. So the priest's job is to kill the sacrifice. So the, so the men will lay their hands on, on, the, on the sacrificial animal, kill him, you know, but after he transferred his sins to the animal by laying hands on him, they killed the animal, and that man was considered holy. His sins was covered at that time. But God sent the better sacrifice. He sent it, the really the true sacrifice he needed was a human for a human. See, kind of like Abel being the scapegoat for Cain. You remember after Cain killed Abel, God said you that you can't kill Cain? Go back and read it. See, all that was symbolic. It was almost like a perfect, a man that was sin-free was bearing the iniquity of a, a sinful man. All that is symbolic. If you go back and check it out, when 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 Abraham took his son, God told Abraham to take his only begotten son up there and sacrifice him unto the Lord. So Abraham took his only begotten son at the time, which was Isaac, took him up there to uh, sacrifice him to the Lord. Well, and so, you know, when, when they took this, when um, Abraham took the sacrifice up there, 
and he got ready to kill the sacrifice, God provided a ram. A ram, see, represent that first is going to be by the blood of what? Animals. It wasn't time for the human sacrifice yet. But the perfect sacrifice was going to be the only begotten son. And that son was going to pray, uh, pay for the sins of many. Even the high priest told him, he said, man, y'all stupid. Y'all know nothing at all, even though he was stupid also. He didn't know neither, but the Spirit of God made Caiaphas say, you know nothing at all how that one man must die for the sins of many. And see, this stuff is prophetic. You know, we, we really need the prophetic. The prophetic is really revelation. What I mean, when you hear me say revelation, take the root word reveal. Things have to be revealed to you for you to prosper. So the revealed will of God, now some things he'll hide, but for every generation, it's some things that he revealed that is, you know, everything is in plain sight, but it has to be revealed to you. You know, you can, you ever sent your kids or some of you yourself were looking for some keys or looking for an item and it was in plain sight. Have you ever said, man, where's my phone? And your phone was in your pocket. I just heard one guy say, yeah, I just did that yesterday. You know, your phone was in your pocket, but you were looking for your phone. See, it has to be revealed. So the revealed will was that, that the sins of many was going to be transferred to an innocent man. Well, this was Jesus' ministry in the earth. And you know, when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. In other words, the first covenant was finished. The covenant where they had the Levitical priesthood and all that, all that is done away with. And Jesus became our high priest, and he did not come out of the tribe of Levi. He came out of the tribe of Judah. But Jesus never had a contract or a covenant with the tribe of Judah concerning priesthood. In the old covenant, the priesthood was the Levitical priest. So that whole organization is done away with. And they gave 10, what they gave, 10 laws, you know, the 10 commandments. Those laws are done away with because we're in a new covenant. When Jesus died on the cross, he became the high priest. What does the high priest do? The high priest killed the lamb and that, and that causes the people's sins to be forgiven, right? And then he sprinkled the blood, what? On the doorpost. And, and, I mean, not on the doorpost, but on the altar and so forth and so on. So now Jesus' ministry now is that of a high priest, of that as a, as a mediator. Let's go to 1 Timothy 2 and at verse 1. It says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving a thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all goodness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, listen closely, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Let me read that again. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom fall to be testified in due time. A ransom is a price you got to pay for something. 
Jesus gave himself as a ransom for every person on earth that will confess him as their Lord and Savior. He has become your Savior. He gave himself as a ransom. He is that lamb. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that he died and rose again, then you will know that he took his blood, right, into the heavens. Because now, see, now he is a high priest. He took his blood into the heavens, and he presented it on the altar. Let's go to uh, Hebrews, the ninth chapter, and let's start at the 12th verse. It says, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And at verse uh, uh, 24, it says, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us all. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that Jesus has paid for all your sins. Why is that important? Because if you think that you're sinful and you still have sin, that means you're going to have a sin consciousness and you can't operate in faith. Jesus has paid the ransom. Jesus has presented his blood in heaven to God the Father. Now you have restored fellowship with God. Now it is just as if you've never sinned when you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Be blessed. I got more to say tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello on this Wednesday. I'm glad to be with you. We're talking about the present day ministry of Jesus Christ. Today, I want to talk about Jesus Christ as our Savior. One place in the book of Joel, it says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And as you know, in Romans 10, it says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, cause me, Lord, to impart the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord. Glory to work with you, Lord, for it is you that's working with me, both the will and the do of your good pleasure. Lord, it's your will, Lord Jesus, that my brothers and sisters, Lord, be built in that spirit, Lord, that the, the bricks and the blocks be laid brick by brick, Lord, to cause them to be a powerhouse in you. Lord, cause me to bring comfort and wisdom, Lord, for knowledge is power. So, Lord, cause the power of God to be released today through knowledge in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you know knowledge is power, but, you know, wisdom is the, is the ability to use knowledge. You know, you can know something. You know, uh, I watched a football game, Saturday, and I knew that we couldn't stop a certain play. You know, every time the team blitzed from the left-hand side, we couldn't stop it. Now, you can know they're bringing a lot of pressure, but you might not have the wisdom to de design a play to counteract that. Now, there, there's people who watch football and know what I'm talking about. But you, you can take that same thing. You can know if you're baking a cake or you're working on a car. Uh, let's take our mail trucks. My, my, our mail trucks keep breaking down, right? And I know I know it's a fuel system problem, something the fuel not flowing. And even the mechanics say they troubleshoot. See, you can have the knowledge of what's wrong, but not have the wisdom to know how to fix it. Well, we want to give you knowledge 
but we're going to need the Holy Spirit to bring you the wisdom. Let's read a few verses out of Acts, the fourth chapter. Let's start at first verse one. It says, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Let me tell you something. The, the Holy Spirit prompted me to say this. You know, men, the, Satan tried to use past sins of a certain race to try to influence me not to believe on Jesus when I was a, a youngster. You know, I'm just going to go and be more explicit. God tried to tell me, say, oh, that's the white man religion. Yeah, and uh, he tried to say, yeah, they paint him as being white and this and that and the other. So you don't need to believe on the white man's religion. The black man's religion is Muslim. Now, if there's anybody out there hearing that, don't fall for that crap. Don't fall for that crap. That's a device of Satan to try to stop you from receiving your blood sacrifice. Don't fall for it. I'm telling you now, I exhort you, brothers and sisters. Don't fall for anybody. I don't care who they is, whether they use another method. That's just one method that they'll try to use to, to the black race. If you white, don't you don't listen to this would probably be another method they use. They try to tell you, well, if you want to be intelligent, there's many ways to go, you know, and stuff like that. Don't fall for that junk. Because it has to be a blood sacrifice. Even the even the Islamic religion, they sacrifice that method. They, they kill goats and so forth and so on. And you know, I know this now. But the true way in was the sacrifice of the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, you just have to believe it by revelation. Jesus has to be revealed to you. He is your Savior. Okay? So, so they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Now, when, when people don't have the revelation of Jesus Christ, they're going to want to kill you. They're going to want to lay hands on you. They're going to want to do something to you because it's the spirit of Antichrist. Now, verse 4 says, how be it many of them which heard the word believe. See, when you hear this word, you're going to believe. And the number of the men was about 5,000. So, so when they heard the word, they believed. You get born again by hearing the word of God. You get born again by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the other, now you say, well, people say they believe on Jesus. They don't live right. That's because they don't have a proper uh, teaching. They hadn't been built up in their spirit. And that's my job. Now, now verse 5, it says, And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man about what means he has made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, 
even by him do it, this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm, let, me, let me repeat that. Neither is there salvation in any other. Neither is there salvation in any other. Neither is there salvation in any other. That's Acts 4 and 12. For there is none other name, none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. See, listen to this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they take boldness to tell a bunch of uh, Muslims and Buddhists and, and, and agnostics and people believing in the true nature, universe of God, all this crap I've been seeing nowadays. It takes boldness to, to, to tell these people straight up. See, if you don't believe that he's he, you're going to die in your sins because you don't have a savior. Jesus is your savior. You need a savior. In order for you to live, something had to die. I was telling my son, Zach, the other day. I said, for you to live, something has to die. I said, even if you was a vegetarian, these people say they don't want to kill their animals, stuff, so forth and so on. They try to eat, eat vegetables. Well, that vegetable had to be separated from its life source. For you to live, something has to die. Hallelujah. A seed has to go in the ground, see, and die. And when it go in the ground and die, it's going to come up and bring forth much fruit. <clears throat> That's what Jesus said. Unless a corner wheat go into the ground, it abide alone. It said, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned, ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So Jesus is your Savior. John 14 and 6 said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming unto the Father but by me. See, this is one of the present day ministry offices of the Lord Jesus Christ, him as God's Savior. He is your Savior. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See? Don't let nobody deceive you and tell you that that don't work. Don't let nobody tell you that you're not saved when you have called upon the name of the Lord. You know why? They say, well, you sinful. Jesus paid for your sins. See? So they say, well, why are you doing this? Say, Jesus paid for my sins. I'm going to show you how to get all the, you know, some of the bad habits out. But, you know, you need to have something some, some to, uh, to hold your faith on. Jesus paid for your sins. You know, you're seeing you just get out of fellowship. I was going to talk about this tomorrow. But you're not necessarily lost. You remember David saying he wasn't lost. He asked the Lord to take not his Holy Spirit from him. He wasn't lost. See, Jesus has already paid for your sin. You could be out of fellowship. You know, you can have children, you got adult children or something you out of fellowship with, but they still your child because they was born from your natural seed. Well, when you was born again, when you believe on Jesus, you became the spiritual child of Jesus. But your spirit has to be built up. That's why God gave the five ministry gifts. 
which which is what I'm doing. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you. We're talking about the present day ministry of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father calls me, Lord Jesus, to, to give to my brothers and sisters the words that they need to help them have more confidence within themselves, more peace within themselves, the, the, uh, the more feeling of righteousness within themselves, Lord, uh, that the depression will leave them, Lord Jesus, and that they'll feel your presence, that they'll know that you're with them, Father. Give me those words, Lord, to, to cause them to be edified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Say this, say the Lord loves me and he died for me. Say that again, the Lord loves me and he died for me personally. You need to say that so much till you start believing that he didn't go to the cross for no one else but you. Now there's nothing wrong with knowing that he went for somebody else, but it need to be personalized. You know, I remember a brother told me, say uh, his, one of his aunts used to take all of her children out separately. And when, and when she'll take the child out, she'll say, now don't tell your brothers and sisters that we did this. It's between me and you. And when they got grown, all of them say, I'm going to tell y'all a secret. Mama used to do something she didn't do with me. She used to take me here. And all of them say, wait a minute, she did that with me too. And all of them say, wait a minute, she did that with me too. See, she had a personal relationship with every one of them individually. And so you got the See, God is talking to you now. He talks to you all the time. But your consciousness of your weakness hinders you from hearing his voice. A lot of you think it's works. Church attendance. You should go to church. How much you pray. You should pray. How much you read the Bible. You should read your Bible. Don't take what I'm saying and say, well, I'm going to stop going to church, stop praying, and stop reading my Bible. That's not what I'm saying. Fellowship. And knowing is knowing that the words that he spoke is real. That when he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, you need to reassure your heart. The Lord, Lord Jesus, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I thank you. You say words like that. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. I thank you. I, uh, my sins are forgiven because you paid for them. I thank you. Because the devil will use people, even Christians, to tell you you're not saved even though the word of God teaches that he died for your sin. The word of God teaches that you, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. But people, even Christians, will try to tell you that you're not. So you got to let the word of God be true and every man be a liar. This is the problem because people believe men's words instead of God's words. When men's words don't line up with God's word, you got to say God's word over and over again until it overcomes the word that men have said. See, God wants you to have money. Men tell you, oh, folks just want money. You don't need no money. God said he wants you to have money. He told, even in the, in the weaker covenant, he said they would be lenders and not bar. God wants you healed. Uh, the healing didn't go away with the apostles. He said, I'm the Lord thy God that healed thee. I sent my word and healed thee. Well, how can his word heal thee when you confess it over and over and over again until it gets in your heart? Now, Jesus is your intercessor and your advocate. We're talking about the present day ministry of Jesus. Let's go to Hebrews, the seventh chapter, and at the 14th verse. It says, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. 
of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Now, the, the old covenant laws was the Ten Commandments and a bunch of ordinances. In Colossians 2, Jesus nailed the handwriting ordinances to the cross. That's over with. It's, it's done away with. The Ten Commandments is done away with. That's going to make a lot of people mad. You don't have to remember the day, Sabbath day, and keep it holy. You keep every day holy now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's, it's not, you don't have to do all those washings and different feasts they had under the old covenant. Now, if you want to do that, that's fine, but you are not under that covenant. See, when Jesus died on the cross, it was a fulfillment of the prophecy to Abraham. When, when God uh, uh, visited Abraham and he showed him the prophecy where he was going to first kill lambs and then he was going to kill his son. See, that's what Abraham was doing. After Jesus fulfilled the old Abrahamic covenant, it was finished. Then Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, because the old commandment was done. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as God, has, uh, as Christ has loved you. So you love one another. That's it. One place he told them two things. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Love is the commandment of the new covenant. One step out of love puts you out of fellowship with God. Now, you don't have to keep none else. Now, I know now that, that irritates some people, but I'm giving you sound doctrine here. To try to do all that other stuff is to confuse yourself. See, that's why, that's why Paul wrote a letter to the Galatians. He called and he said, oh, foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you. In other words, who trying to put you back under the old covenant? See, go, go and read Galatians. It wasn't a nice letter. He was rebuking them, telling them, you need to make a clean break. He told him in the book of Colossians, the second chapter, he said, why are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not. Uh, you keep uh, uh, new moons and all that. He was talking about it. Go back and read it because they're not under, you're not under the old covenant anymore, right? But we're talking about Jesus, the present-day ministry of Jesus. So under the old covenant, they had to have a priest to do all these things so they can remain in fellowship with God, but we're not under that anymore. Verse 16, who was made not after the law of a corner commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testified that thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Let's drop down. At verse 22, it says, so, By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. See, he sealed his new testament with his blood. See, they had the, uh, Moses had to sprinkle all the people in the Old Covenant with the blood of bulls and goats. You know, this time Jesus went into the truth. He told, he told Moses to build the first covenant out the pattern of heaven. Well, Jesus took the blood, his own blood, into the true tabernacle in heaven and presented it to God for, for your sins, for my sins. See, Jesus is the surety of a better testament. And they truly, we have verse 23 in Hebrews 7, and they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continued ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. See, them old priests died. Moses, all of them did. Uh, uh, L.A.'s, all of them, they did. Jesus is not dead. See, wherefore he is able also to save them to the utmost that coming unto God by him 
seeing he ever lived to make intercession for them. Jesus is praying for you right now. Jesus has presented his blood for you right now. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now praying for you. Don't let his prayers go unanswered. Don't let his prayers be hindered. You have to understand, if you sin, Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is on the right hand of the Father right now making intercession for you. Let's go to 1 John, the second chapter. He's also your advocate. My little children, these things, 1 John, the second chapter, and that verse 1, my little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. Now, he don't want you to sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus is your righteous lawyer. So what happens when a man sins? He gets convicted in his heart when he steps out of love. Or he do some things, he'll say some things he shouldn't do. He get convicted in his heart. You know, the only thing you got to do is say, and see, you can't have faith when you're under condemnation because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're still righteous, but in your own self, you're under condemnation. Why? Because the fellowship has been broken. That's what you're picking up. Your fellowship with God is broken. He don't wanna, you call him, he don't want to answer your calls right now. You know how you get mad at your wife or your husband? You, you, they still married to you, the broke fellowship. Well, you, you go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I missed it. And Jesus say, hey, here go my blood, Father, forgive him. And then you write back in fellowship. He is your lawyer. He's your righteous advocate. He say, Lord, he say God, I present this blood. Forgive them for, for, for stepping out of love. Forgive them for what they just did. Then you write back in fellowship. All that you have to do is talk to your lawyer, talk to your advocate, and say, Lord Jesus, I missed it. I need that blood. And then once he presented to God, Jesus is your advocate. You're back in fellowship. I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Well, hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you on this Friday. We're talking about the present-day ministry of Jesus. Father, Lord, I love you, and I thank you for the opportunity, Lord Jesus, to break bread with my brothers and sisters, Lord, to impart unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that you give the increase that you multiply the seeds sown, Lord Jesus, and bless them abundantly, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Say this. Say, I'm walking in love, and I have fellowship with the Father. Say it again. Say, I'm walking in love, and I have fellowship with the Father. Now say this. Say, I renounce selfishness, and I am a love child of a love God. Say it again. Say, I renounce selfishness, and I am a love child of a love God. Say this. Say, I'm in covenant, for I love my neighbor as myself. Say it again. Say, I am in covenant, for I love my neighbor as myself. Now say this. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being my intercessor. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being my advocate. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being my Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being my surety. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being my Savior. You need to say those things because all of these things is the present-day ministry of Jesus Christ. Surety. Let, let's talk about that for a second. You know, I read it yesterday, and I think it's in the seventh chapter of Hebrews, where Jesus is the surety of, the, of a new covenant. 
Well, that word surety is a little blind to us because we don't use it in our everyday vernacular. So I took the uh, the time, the, the, the important to you, the definition. It says surety is a person who takes responsibility for another's performance of an undertaking. Listen again. He is the surety of the new covenant. In other words, Jesus is taking responsibility for your performance of your undertaking. In other words, he is going to make sure when you believe on him, he's going to bring you to pass in your spiritual development. Part of him developing you is anointing people to preach. Some of you are anointed to preach, teach, prophesy. You know what I mean? You know the, the ministry of prophecy is, is, is actually designed to give a glimpse into God's future for your life so that you can actually take that prophecy and pray it out. Do you know a prophecy over your life has to be prayed out? You know, God is giving that prophet or the, or the person operating in a gift of prophecy. You don't have to have, be a prophet to have a gift of prophecy. So a person with a gift of prophecy or somebody speaking a prophecy over you by faith, God will give them a glimpse into his desire for your life. But you must take that word and confess it and fight a good warfare with that word. See, for instance, God is right now trying to build Christ into your inner man. But you know what? If you don't confess over you what the word of God says, you would never completely build faith into your spirit or a confidence or awareness of God into your spirit. A confidence of God or awareness of God only can come by your confession. If you read the word and don't say, you know what, man, I, I like that. that God, God think that about me and start confessing that over yourself. If you be lazy, you know, it got to be, you, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. You're lazy if you can't confess what God said about you because it's easy. It don't require any work. It just requires you saying about yourself what God said. You know, God saw the children of Israel as warriors. You know, he said he came to build a kingdom of kings and priests. That was his desire from the beginning, but he couldn't do it. You know, even in the end, in, in the fifth chapter of Revelation, his desire is a kingdom of king and priests, not just a group of people as king and priests, not just an overlord over God's inheritance. God, God's desire is for all of us to be kings and priests. That's what a new creation did for us. It made all of us priests of the Lord. It made all of us partakers of the divine nature. See? See, you, you understand that? God is in all of us. He, see, in the old covenant, he only, he only spake through, through Moses, the prophets, and different ones that had a spirit of God come upon them. Under the new covenant, everybody is born again, supposed to have God's Holy Spirit in them because you are collectively intercessors. You are collectively prayer warriors. You are collectively kings and priests. You understand it's not that you are inferior. God came to destroy the inferiority complex. He told you that he dwell in your body, that he'll walk in you, that he'll talk in you, that he'll be your God and you will be his people. His desire was to have a kingdom of kings and priests. So God 
He is your shepherd. Psalms 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See, the Lord is your pastor. The Lord is your shepherd. Now, you have natural pastors. The Lord is your prophet, but you have natural prophets. The Lord is your apostle, but you have natural apostles. The Lord is your king and priest, but you have natural kings and priests. Be ye imitators of Christ. But see, when the Lord, you say, Lord, you are my shepherd, and I shall not want, I shall not lack. After you didn't confess that a thousand times, your faith is built up in God's ability to not cause you to lack, to not cause you to want. See, it only works when you believe it. You know, a person worrying about how they're going to pay this and that, they don't believe that the Lord is their shepherd and they shall not want. They believe that the Lord is going to let them be out there by themselves and they're going to be wanting. Well, in order to, to see that God can't work unless he see faith. So when you start to believe that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want, the government can say what they want to. They can fire you off your job because you won't do what they say. But when the Lord is your shepherd, you still shall not want because they are not your shepherd. That don't mean you go talk sporty to your boss and be irreverent because the Bible teaches other than that too. It tells you to respect them even in the natural realm. See, that's in, uh, I think it's in the 14th chapter of Romans. So now you don't talk sporty and talk crazy to people still. But you have to understand in your own spirit, if you start having a doubt in your spirit about how you're going to make it, how you're going to pay this, remind yourself, you know, gently speak to your spirit. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and remind you, let God remind you that he is your shepherd. Now the word is God speaking to you. When you read the word, he is telling you, I am your shepherd and you shall not want. Listen to this. He maketh you to lie down in green pastures. What that meant during that day? What the sheep out there in the pasture, what, 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 what was the green pasture? They ate grass and stuff like that. They, they grazed on the grass. See, David was a shepherd, and, and, and he was paralleling how he took care of the sheep to how God take care of him. God make those sheep, what? They got plenty of food. Then he took the sheep and lead them to a drinking water. Water was still where they can drink. And a wave wasn't going to come and sweep the, the lamb out, out into the ocean. No, he lead them up beside a water that's not tumultuous. He led them, he lead them beside still water. So they're going to have plenty of food and, and plenty of drinks. So the Lord has healed your food and water and taken disease away from the midst of you. He restored my soul. Them, them sheep, they might have been scared. They know the wolf out there, but the but the shepherd come, right? And he say, he, he ease them in their mind. When, it, when, when, the, when that sheep see David go out there and kill that lion and that bear, those sheep say, boy, we got a shepherd here. We had a shepherd here, boy. He going to kill a lion and a bear. See, he restored your mind. You, you, he take the fear out of you. No evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come down my dwelling. Jesus is your Lord. This is his present day ministry. See, he leads you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What is the path of righteousness? Jesus has been made unto you righteousness. Jesus is your righteousness. He has paid for your sins. He has presented the blood in the heavens. He's your advocate. When you miss it and get out of fellowship, say, man, he act like he don't want to answer my text. He said, you know what? I did. I did get out of fellowship. Lord, hey, lawyer, lawyer, tell, tell the father I was out of fellowship. 
He said, Lord, forgive him. Here go my blood. Forgive him. Then the Lord said, boy, come on back. See, you never was lost. You was just out of fellowship. Lord, have mercy. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you next week.